This is the Hoosier Ag Today Wednesday podcast on the 24th of January, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank. Good morning. Eric Pfeiffer coming up with the news today, including a wrap-up from the American Farm Bureau Convention with Indiana's Randy Crone joining us. And is it time to sell some farmland? The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more. Stop by your local branch, too, and talk about your ag operation today. Also coming along today, Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with all rain in the coming days, possibly lots of it. And Tuesday, soybean futures, another strong session. Settlements and Arlen Suderman analysis coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bids are being accepted now for 346 acres of Indiana farmland. Halderman Real Estate Services brings you an opportunity to own top quality farmland in Carroll County, featuring four sizable tracts of tillable cropland and grain bin totaling over 346 acres. Visit Halderman.com for information on the Flora Group Legacy Auction. Bids will be accepted until January. January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit Halderman.com or call A.J. Jordan, 317-697-3086. Equal housing opportunity. Discussing water quantity issues in Utah at the Farm Bureau Annual Convention and current conditions for Indiana farmland prices. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau Annual Convention concludes today in Utah. Our Sabrina Halverson was there and caught up with Indiana Farm Bureau President Randy Crone in Salt Lake City, where he addressed some of the major concerns on the minds of INFB members. Atop that list is the issue of water quantity, not something that's been a major concern in Indiana in the past, but now that the state-led LEAP project in Boone County is trying to take somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 million gallons of water per day from Tippecanoe County, the conversation is heightened. Crone says they're trying to figure out what rules agriculture needs to play by in this water quantity discussion. We have protections for residential wells, but past that, uh, you know, our legal counsel says it's basically biggest straw wins. And so now we put together a task force. We're trying to figure out what rules you know, I, I hesitate to say the word regulation because in Farm Bureau we try to fight regulation, but we got to have some rules around this because I don't want to wait till we have a crisis. It might be five or 10 or 20 years, but we need to figure out 
where agriculture is on the priority list and, and uh, does manufacturing and can they move it from one watershed to another and who has that right to do that? Is it home, we're a home rule state, so is it the local counties? Can the state do it? Who owns it? We have a dozen, no, several dozen questions and we're trying to sort this out, but it's gonna be a big issue and we gotta get it right because it will have precedent around the state future development areas because there are a number of areas that do not have underground water aquifers so we're we're working on it we're kind of at the beginning stages trying to figure this one out but uh, it's going to be important to our members crone also touches on labor and prop 12 in his conversation with halverson hear it at hoosieragtoday.com the run-up in farmland prices in 2022 led many to wonder is now the time to sell some are still wondering that today. We're still seeing a few record highs in certain counties. I think it's backed off just a tick possibly in some areas, but uh, we're still seeing very strong uh, prices due to high demand and low supply in the farmland sector. That's Rick John Lowe's, an area representative with Halderman Real Estate Services, talking about current farmland price conditions here in Indiana. If you still have a good uh, all-tillable farm that's square, and very desirable to farm, I'm going to say it still brings top dollar and uh, is probably going to be close to an all-time record high for the area. If you've got something that's a little more of a challenging farm, say it's got an open ditch through it or some wood, more woods on it or things like that, then you'll see, I, I think things like that have backed off a little bit, maybe by... 15, maybe even 20% off of the highs right now. There's been a lot of talk lately about foreign investment in American farmland, even prompting a bill to be introduced at the Indiana State House, preventing the sale of land to our adversaries like China. John Lowe says they're just not seeing that as an issue right now at their land auctions. Most of the time, it's a local landowner, maybe even the adjoining landowner, that wants to buy up the land because it's simply a good investment. It's been a good investment for years and years, and uh, the people that buy farm ground, they know that and understand that, and uh, you still see them in the market, uh, you know, because that's, that's where they want to park their money. You can find auction and property listings at Halderman.com, and if you haven't done so yet, be sure to download the free Who's Your Ag Today mobile app. Find this story. You can click on the link from there as well. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com slash operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We've got a wet period ahead of us still. 
rains that started yesterday, but unlike yesterday where we had a little bit of ice to deal with early on because temperatures were very chilly overnight, we are 100% rain for each day moving forward here. No ice threat at all in my forecast. However, we do have several significant surges of moisture continuing to move towards us and will move through today, tomorrow, and into early Friday. I count at least two more. Rain totals combined over the next two and a half days will be anywhere from a quarter to one and a quarter inches. So yes, we've got significant moisture coming through. It looks like all rain, 100% coverage, no doubt about that. We do start to dry out Friday, midday, and afternoon. And that should allow some sunshine to peak out maybe just before sunset on a Friday. Weekend starts okay with sunshine Saturday morning, but clouds increase quickly through the day. We have a precipitation that spreads over southern Indiana first a Saturday midday and afternoon, but through the overnight Saturday night into Sunday, this moisture lifts northeast, and it does look like we drag moisture through Indiana. Here's the thing. Rain to start pretty easily, but I do have some concerns about anybody that's seeing moderate precipitation or less through the overnight Saturday night and Sunday. So this is going to be encompass a large chunk of Indiana and Western Ohio. Temperatures are cooling. And so I think we have to allow for some wet snowflakes in here. I don't want to talk about a big snow event right now, but there's plenty of moisture and some cooler temperatures that are trying to take over. Track of this system is definitely fading a little bit farther to the north. So it's something that I am watching. Either way, we've got moisture coming Saturday night through Sunday midday. We're getting to Sunday night and it's gone. Then we're chilly to cut start the next week for Monday at least and then warm up dramatically for Tuesday forward. As warm as this week is, next week will be even warmer. And while this week is wet, next week is dry beginning to end. I actually think we put together some decent evaporation through a large chunk of next week. No moisture beginning to end. And we probably stay dry even through the weekend of the 3rd and 4th. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Another strong showing for soybean futures. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm into Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. I'll have settlements from mostly higher days in corn and wheat and a strong showing in soybeans. First market analysis, and I grabbed that at the end of trade from Arlen Suderman at StoneX. Arlen, a back and forth day, very close to even though in corn and wheat on Tuesday, but more gains in soybeans as we continue to look for demand and we continue to see some degree of bargain buying. What did you see in the markets specifically on Tuesday? Yeah, I would call it a technical rebound. Uh, we're getting down to a level where the markets are kind of oversold, so to speak, and uh, saw some, the end users saw some value there. Speculators saw some opportunities to take some profits off the table. Uh, no real news behind it, so you have to question how far it can go at this point, uh, but certainly uh, good to see some green on the screen once after all the losses we've seen since first of the year. Let's talk about the uh, demand picture and the way the exports have been looking and maybe even a crystal ball a little further into the future about how you see the export picture. 
Well, as we look at the export shipments that we've done, and, and that's what I really like to, because export sales can always be rolled into the next year. It's export shipments that really measure actual export demand. And we've inspected for shipment to all destinations now, 983 million bushels of soybeans as of January 18th, the latest date available. That's down 22% from the previous year. And it's largely due to the big Brazil crop this past year. And now we're getting ready to harvest another big crop. Maybe not as big as they'd like, but certainly another big crop. And uh, so their beans are cheaper. When we look at, uh, as they're starting to harvest now, they're less than 10% harvested. But uh, it's certainly having an impact on their cash market. It's been falling a lot faster than our market has been to the point where our China office, when they look at soybeans coming into China from various sources and they figure in currency exchange rates, ocean freight costs, the import taxes, etc., figuring all that in, Brazil beans are about $2 a bushel cheaper than U.S. Gulf soybeans for February, March, and April shipment. So it's going to be very difficult for us to get much business into China here coming up. And there's other countries that uh, have similar advantages to going to Brazil as well. And in fact, China has been leaning heavily on Brazil, even through the month of December and the data that came out today, uh, where we could see that they took a big chunk of that business. It used to be ours in entirety. And uh that's going to be tough for us to make up. Right now, marketing year shipments to date are about 50 million bushels below where they need to be the seasonal pace in order to hit USDA's target for the year. Soybean meal and soybean oil both up as we look at the soybean market, which led the way higher. So meal and oil both higher, an impact on the bean market? Uh, that did have a help. And, and frankly, as we look at the meal market, we had been very strong in the fall because Argentina simply didn't have the soybeans to crush. And we were getting a lot of that business. So we were seeing strong export demand on top of our domestic demand. Then the funds started selling the meal off because they anticipated a big crop in Argentina coming up because of the drought finally broke. And certainly we're looking at that to be the case. But it's going to be several more months before those beans are available. And so the market's starting to realize, hey, went too far, discounted it too much. There's still some demand out there. Last export sales report showed good, solid demand for meal. Uh, we're also seeing the renewable diesel market continue to develop. And that's providing some underlying support for soybean oil at these price levels. Not the strength that we saw in meal today, but at least providing some stability there. In recent months, of course, we have talked plenty about Middle East tensions, and on any given day, the impact on the market may be significant. What do you see here lately? It seems as though the day-to-day feeling about Middle East impact on the wheat market, for example, has been somewhat minimal. Uh, it has been, really. Um, when you look at anything going through the Panama Canal, and that would be coming from the U.S. Gulf, going to our Southeast Asian markets, it's pretty much had to be diverted away. Can't They can't afford a limited number of slots through the Panama Canal where water levels are low. So they were going through the Panama Canal. Well, at least half of those shipments now are being rerouted around all the way around Africa. So that adds another 10 to 15 days to the trip, adds corresponding expense to it as well. So that does 
not help us in gaining that demand um, overall. But we're still competing with the Black Sea wheat, and anything going from the Black Sea has to do the same thing. That used to also go through the Panama Canal. That faces some of the same problems right now as well. So we're in kind of in the same boat with the Black Sea wheat and, and corn for that matter as well. Arlen Suderman, StoneX and StoneX.com. On the Hat Tuesday Farm Market Review, corn and wheat squeak out gains. March corn, 446.5, up three quarters. May, 456 and three quarters, up a half cent. July, up a penny and a quarter, going to 466. But double digit pickup in beans with March leading the way, 15 and a quarter higher, 1239 and a half. May, 1247, that was a 14 cent gain. Unchanged March wheat. 596 and a half. May goes up a quarter cent, 606 and three quarters. The meat's higher all day long, a pretty solid showing. February live cattle, 174.65, up 87. February lean hogs, 73.30, up $2.37. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm network.